Hey everyone, welcome to CrewCast. It's a podcast for guys of every generation. And I'm Todd Mullins, the pastor at Christ Fellowship Church here in South Florida. The CrewCast is a series of real conversations with other men designed to help you grow in your faith, live with purpose, and become the man God has created you to be. All right, welcome back to CrewCast, a series of conversations for the guys of Christ Fellowship Church and actually any other dude that would ever want to tune in. And so CrewCast is designed to help you live the life God called you to live by inspiring your faith, giving you practical tools to walk that faith out. And so for the first time ever, Travis O'Neill is the host of a podcast. So guys, can you celebrate me for a second? Thank you. Thank you. I needed that. But uh, I'm actually way more excited about the other people in the room, and that is our Christ Fellowship and Espanol. I'm sorry, I don't have a Spanish accent. It's okay. Pastor Ian Achong. Let's go. Gracias, Pastor. Bienvenidos al podcast. Uh, In heaven, I'll talk like that. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, the other guy is uh, one of my all-time favorite humans on planet Earth, Pastor Ethan Shockley from our Jupiter campus. Come on, Jupiter. Man, what a privilege it is to be with you guys here in this setting. And uh, we're just a few dudes, a couple campus pastors hanging out, having some conversation. And so uh, what we're talking about today specifically is we're talking about how to lead ourselves and lead people around us when life gets hard. And uh, we all know one thing, and that is we're reminded every day that life is hard and that we face challenges in life. And uh, so we're going to be talking a little bit about how we can deal with those challenges. And so uh, I am looking forward to hearing from you guys and sharing a little bit today. Uh, The first question we have is, uh, Pastor Ian, this one's for you. What are some unexpected hardships that you have faced in your life and what did you learn from them? One that that has really marked uh, a big season of my life was just, my immigration story to the United States hmm. and just moving from from another country uh, I'm originally from Venezuela and coming to the United States um, I mean we came with so many dreams with so many things we wanted to accomplish and uh, really escaping a, a situation in our nation and realizing that one it wasn't as easy as we thought it was going to be and not even speaking the language. What we're doing here today is a, is an accomplishment for me. <laughs> that I'm, I'm able to to speak to you guys, and it was it was just a season of of just humbleness and learning and arriving here and for many years doing things that you know working hard and sacrifice. Uh, I saw my parents give so much of themselves and um, trying to make it not only try to study, but, you know, I was a gardener. Uh, I used to clean windows. I worked at restaurants. I, mm-hmm. Whatever came my way, I did mm-hmm. because we had a dream. We had a dream. And I know for a lot of us that are listening to this that we, we are in that season that we feel stuck, that we feel that we're waiting for something to arrive. I remember waiting for, for years for us to, uh, to be able to do everything we wanted to do in this country. For I'll be honest, we waited for years for a green card, mm-hmm. and in that sense of I don't know where I belong, I, I I don't know if I'm from one country and for the next one. I don't know if I'm welcome. I don't know wow. if 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 there's something for me here. I don't know if I'm wasting my time, 
And it felt like such an endless season of waiting. And there's so many situations in our life that feel like that. Yeah. Um, and I know that the first thing is, it's just, I had to trust God. I had to trust God that his destination was not an accident. Wow. That the waiting time was intentional. I mean, I learned and met so many people in those years yeah. of waiting. And I don't think I ever trusted God as much in my life, um, but in that season, because there was nothing that I could do to speed up the process or make it happen the way I wanted. And I always remember reading Psalm uh, 27, uh, verse 14, where it says, wait patiently for the Lord, be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. It says it twice to wait patiently. You only got to be brave and courageous once, but you have to be patient, uh, patient twice as much. <laughs> and that's what that felt like those years of my life. And I was young, full of dreams and full of desires to do things. And um, I had to wait. I had to wait mm -hmm. and wait on the Lord and have faith. But the one thing that I never took for granted was every opportunity I had to be involved in ministry, to do ministry, to be in the house, of the Lord, I was there. Wow. Because I did not need a green card to go to church. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's love great. That. I love that you, like you, you look back and you go, the church was a home. Yeah. It was a safe place. And even thinking about for me, like unexpected hardships, I'm like, what, what type? Is it the ones that I, I forced myself into, the mistakes I made? Wow. Was it the the misfortunes that attacked my life that I wasn't a part of, like the death of my best friend when I was 19, right? Like that, I didn't cause that, but it hit me. Yeah. But there are also some things that I did that felt like a hardship because either I got caught or I made a mistake and I ran too hard too fast or I hurt somebody in the process. And, um, you know, I remember one of the hardest moments uh, not a lot of people know this about my story, but um, I was in an accident um, when I was like 20, 21 years old, and I hit my head on concrete so hard that I was in a coma for seven days. Oh, wow. And um, they thought I was going to die. It was just, you know, that so much so that when I woke up, I'd lost 20 pounds of muscle and had to like relearn to walk. And for somebody who like is a hard worker, athlete, I just found myself completely out of control in the moment where it's like, wait, I... I don't know, like, what's my life going to look like? Hey, you can't drive for three months. You can't do this. You, I was in a different state than I was employed. Like, hey, you can't drive for three months and you probably aren't going to work. Like, I felt so out of control, but it was for the first moment in my life that I felt like I learned that even when I feel out of control, I can trust that God's in control. Yeah. And I didn't know it then, like relearning to walk in the hospital and questioning what my future was going to look like. Those days were hard. Those nights were long. But I look back now and I can I can say I'm so thankful yeah. that God was yeah. in control, that it didn't rely on me because it, I probably wouldn't have the life I have today if it did rely on me. And it helped me posture a new level of trust to where even when more hardships came, I could go, he did it before, he can do it again. So that's yeah. just kind of yeah. where my mind was going. And if I remember right, Ethan, you can't smell because of that injury, right? Yes, and okay. some people would call that a curse, but I call it a blessing because that means I can sit next to you on a golf cart and not be worried all day to smell how bad you stink after the 18th <laughs> hole. But hey, no, I haven't smelled for 9, 10, 12 years now. 
That's that's pretty hard. That's what? pretty hard. I mean, I mean, I don't have to smell diapers. That's true. That's so good. that's true. Perspective. So you change all the diapers at home sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but when we pulled onto the 18 green, who had a lower golf score? Ethan, could you DJ just Cabrera? Tell the, okay. Now, now that's offensive. That's straight <laughs> offensive right there. But we'll talk about that after the show today. So shout out Bureau Campus. Uh, you know what? As you guys were, <clears throat> as you guys were talking, I was thinking about just the fact that you, especially Ethan, for you. Uh, the feeling that you were having all through those, yeah, coming out of that coma, seven days in a coma, coming out of that, the struggles that you were feeling, and Ian, for you being in a place that you weren't sure if you were welcome or not, and uh, I think that we we're talking even before the show that feelings are real, yeah, they're just not reliable, and so I love how both of you guys really worked through that and informed your feelings rather than let your feelings inform your decisions. Yeah. So okay. beautiful. Hey, uh, another question here is, uh, what are some practical things that you just do when life gets hard on a regular basis? Yeah. Or, uh, those are two really significant things you guys just talked about, but just on a daily or weekly basis, when life gets hard, what are the things that, how do you respond? So I love what you said earlier, that that feelings are real, but they're not always reliable. Yeah. And I think when life gets hard, sometimes our feelings get elevated. And if we're not careful, we'll let our feelings dictate our actions. And so I even think like, uh, take it to an example of in the hospital, um, in a coma, I didn't feel like eating. I, matter of fact, I didn't feel like anything, but my body still needed nutrition. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes that happens when life gets hard, yeah. right? When when disappointment comes, when yeah. when that girl broke our heart in high school, <laughs> when when you lose the job, or maybe it's a mistake you made and you get caught in an addiction. Like your world can get hit so hard that you feel like you can't move forward. Mm-hmm. You feel like you can't get out of bed. You feel like no one's ever going to love you again. And for me, um, what I've learned, I would probably say the hard way is I have to have some keystone habits yeah. that that no matter what's happening on my best day and on my worst day, these are central in my life. Like I have to do this. And some of them are spiritual yeah. and some of them are like, I got, uh, you're going to think this is weird, but like I have to, I have to floss my teeth every day. <laughs> like no, if I, if no I go a day without flossing my teeth, yeah. oh, you might as well just send me to jail. I mean, it's not that you can smell it, but... <laughs> Yeah. Every dentist is like clapping, screaming. Send this to right them. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not just that. It's it's like when I wake up, I need to read my Bible. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't learn this because every day I read my Bible. It's because I could go back to the days that ended up being the hardest days of my life. Because when I woke up, I didn't feel like reading my Bible and I made the decision not to. And I look back and go, that was wrong. Although mm-hmm. I didn't feel like doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those are those are a few for me that just, okay, every day I'm going to do this. I'm going to read my Bible. Every day I'm going to spend time yeah. intentionally with my wife, put my phone down. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I just try to lock in on a few of those habits. To me has been, I mean, a journey of, of surrendering to God. And I, I have three practical steps that I do. And the first thing that I've realized about myself is that I have to surrender my reactions to the hmm. situation hmm. because... Uh, it's so easy as men. I mean, we're always looking for a solution. I mean, <laughs> when I talk to my wife, I'm half listening, not because I don't want to <laughs> listen, because I already have the answer and the solution to the problem that she's talking to me about. And she doesn't want me to solve it. She just wants me to listen. And 
we as men tend to be problem solvers. So I had to learn how to surrender my reactions, my thoughts to God. I have to surrender and uh, not use my own understanding and my own strength. And then I have to surrender that situation. That's my second step. I have to surrender that situation, whatever it is. And it could be uh, something with the kids, something in my marriage, something at work. I have to surrender it to God. Uh, I'll tell you one one funny, quick situation that I recently had to surrender. Uh, you know, I'm a grandpa, and uh, my grandkid was at home, at our home, and he decided to ride a bicycle that we had there. And he thought the bicycle wasn't cool enough. <laughs> so he wanted to paint the the wheels of the bicycle. Okay. But he knew that it was not gonna be, he's not gonna, it was not gonna go well he did it out of house. <laughs> so he saw one of our neighbor's garage open. Oh my goodness. He took the bicycle there, mm. found some spray paint, and man, changed the color of those wheels. He's an entrepreneur. I, I'm telling you. <laughs> and uh, and he, has, he has a future doing graffiti because- That's incredible. He not, he not only changed the color of the bicycle, he changed the color of their garage floor, <laughs> of their driveway. <laughs> and so, we came back from a work trip and um, I have my neighbor knocking on the door. So I had to surrender my reactions, <laughs> my thoughts, my, I mean. Some money, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> well, let me just say that you saw the the camp the campus pastor of Christ Fellowship Espanol on his knees with graffiti remover <laughs> for a few hours <laughs> in my neighbor's driveway. So, um, but, but it sounds like something funny and sounds small, but, I had to work so hard at what I was gonna display to my neighbor about my faith and about my kids and how I was gonna react to the situation. It doesn't mean that he did not get disciplined, but I had to be intentional. And I think that we need to remember that we need to surrender reactions. We need to surrender that situation to God. And for me, it's a big deal to always grow and learn. How am I growing and learning, not only for the situation, but I look for books, podcasts, to talk to someone that has gone through something similar. And how can I get advice? How can I grow in this? How can I, um, what is God trying to teach me through it? But what are some practical steps that other people have taken? And maybe there's someone listening to this that you are going through something. You need to share this podcast with them right now. Yeah. I love that. I think, Pastor Ian, I love that concept because surrender and habits take discipline yeah mm-hmm. and and even that question like what do you do to lead yourself when life gets hard what i just thought of as we were processing is uh you it doesn't start when life gets hard yeah it yeah. starts before yeah. it starts with the pre-decision like good. in the moment when life's hard you you didn't come up with the willpower to surrender yeah. to god when your neighbor was knocking on your door mm-hmm. that was a decision you'd made before yeah. that i'm going i'm going to discipline myself to live my life surrendered to god i'm going to discipline myself to read the bible every day like yeah. this is who i am i think proverbs says like a man without self control is like mm-hmm. a city broken into and left without walls and so asking ourselves the question what what areas of our life do we, ha- do we have self-control in every area? And little things are big things. You might think, oh yeah, like, oh, I don't have self-control in this area. Well, it might translate to something bigger, especially when life gets hard because everything gets exaggerated when life gets hard. It's really good, really good. And there's a lot of guys listening to this right now that know, you're listening to this and you know that you're not ready. You're not ready for the hard days. You don't have the habits 
And so I think my encouragement to them would just be uh, own that. Yeah. And then just start start today right. in making, developing the habits that you need to have. Absolutely. You could open so, the YouVersion Bible app today. Right. Start a Bible plan today and say, okay, I'm going to start. I'm going to be disciplined today. We can link that in the show notes too. It's good. It's good. Uh, you know, when it comes, I mean, all of us, all three of us, we're kind of in the same boat. We're all campus pastors. We're all fathers. Two of us are grandfathers. Sorry, Ethan. It's, I mean, I'm Elijah's alive. not quite there yet. No, not so, yet. And, uh, <laughs> At least but years. we're leading, we're leading at high levels. We're leading our families. We're leading our, our, our ministries, our staff. And so, uh, you know, what are some of the things, uh, that you do to lead your family, lead your staff, lead your business, lead your coworkers. Uh, let's talk about that a little bit because really probably everyone, everyone listening to this is leading yourself. Right. But what are some of those things that you guys do? Yeah. I, I think this is so critical for me because growing up, I have two sisters that are 10 years older than me. And I really kind of had to like raise myself. Both of them just had hard childhoods. Um, and so early on, and it wasn't taught to me, but I believed the lie that I had to do everything on my own. Mm. And the greatest failures I've had mm. are when I've been frustrated or life got hard and I went in alone. Wow. Like Proverbs 15 says, uh, 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 without counsel, plans fail, mm. but in a, in a multitude of counselors, there's wisdom. And mm. I think there's so many times where I've tried, something's happened to me yeah. and I've said, okay, I can just push through, muscle through, isolate myself, try to push it down. And those are really the times where things get worse. It multiplies. Whatever happened to me almost happens to everyone. And so I think the greatest thing we can do to lead, if you're leading a business, leading staff members, your family, is just make sure you have trusted voices in your life. Yeah. Whether that's other crew guys, a group, men around you who know your hurts, habits, hangups, whether that's a, a, a mentor, somebody older than you, wiser than you who can speak into you. But really, everybody has to have somebody yeah. that when when life falls apart, you, do, you don't hold it in. You call. I, I'm sure yeah. both of you guys, right? You have that person. You're like, yeah, when when that phone call comes, I know the first person I'm going to reach out to. It's Pastor Travis. <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> no, literally for me, this past Sunday night, I, I spent time with two of, of my closest friends, my inner circle. And the reason why is because I felt like the burdens were starting to stack up. Yeah. And, and these two guys are two guys that they can say anything to me. They can correct me That's and right. I immediately receive it. It's awesome. We all have people in our lives that will coach us or give us input, but we don't receive it. Wow. I have those people in my life. And so I you we need the people in our life, like you're talking about the inner circle that they know me better. They know me better than anyone else in the world. Yeah. And so they know when I'm overreacting about something, which I doesn't tend, happen. <laughs> I tend to do. It's true. Uh, they just call me on it and they say, you're overreacting yeah. and you're wasting your time being upset about this. Move on. And it's like something clicks in my brain and I move on. That's good. I mean, for me, Especially with my family, I I try to plan and spend some intentional time. Uh, especially when I when I feel drained, when I feel that um, whatever circumstance is happening in my life is pulling me away from them. I I'm a big calendar scheduler, and I go ahead and 
to me is an accomplishment. I mean, I open my calendar and I put some family time in there. Mm -hmm. And because of that, uh, when it's when it comes to or businesses or ministries or the people that we lead, um, I stick to to my calendar, to my schedule, to my to do list, because I um, there needs to be some consistency on on those that we lead. There needs to be consistency in those that depend on us. And if you are wired the way I am, and you are always on the go and and leading people, um, that most likely you have pre-planned your weeks. Yeah, you have pre-planned those conversations, and I stick to what is in front of me at the moment um, until I have the time to remember what God says about me and not about my situation. And that for me is every morning, is every night, and is at lunchtime. Yeah. So having that intentional time with God for me is what helps me remember what God says about my about myself not about what I'm going through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And being in the Word, yeah. uh, being with people that I trust. I mean, to me, my wife is one of my greatest sources of feedback. Hmm. And um, and not only that, but I've, since I was young, I mean, I've always had a very close relationship with my dad. And I cannot tell you of any circumstance that I've gone through in life that I'm not able to call him and speak with him. and um, And he will... You know, sometimes or a lot of times, tell me the things that I don't want to hear, but are the things that I need to do in that moment. But sticking to um, those daily routines has helped me a lot in how to handle uh, situations that are not healthy in my life and to continue leading my family, my business, or ministry and the people that I lead. It's great. I, um, can I be honest? Please. <clears throat> I think the hardest thing for me when it comes to leading is sometimes I feel like I have to I have to have it all together. That even if my two-year-old is acting like he's possessed by a demon, our bank account's empty, my parent like I have to walk into the office and just put on the face. And I don't remember who said, I'm sure it was Pastor Todd, because he's a genius, but um they said people admire your strengths but they relate with your weaknesses. Yeah. And I think some of the best thing we can do as men is in the ways when we're leading our family, leading our business, leading our ministry in a season that's tough for us is to be vulnerable, yeah. Yeah. to let them know yeah. like, hey, this is going on. And of course you don't let them in on all the intimate mm-hmm. details, mm-hmm. but it's okay to say, it's okay yeah. to say, hey, uh, this pandemic hit the world and I don't know how we're gonna move forward. I, I, I'm still learning. I'm trying to figure this out and just letting them in on the fact of like, hey, I don't have it all together, but we're in this together. And I think that I've learned that the hard way because I don't like that. I'd yeah. like to be like, I got this. We're mm-hmm. good. This is easy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, that's one way. That's so good because, uh, I mean, I have, I have teenage kids and being able to have those honest conversations with them and tell them, hey, I'm not sure how this is gonna work out yet, or I'm learning through this yeah. situation. Um, it, I, I see when we are honest and vulnerable, and we don't, we don't try to pretend in front of our children that we know it all. Yeah. yeah, how they rally around a situation and how they work with us in a situation, and how they are a, lo- a lot more understanding than sometimes I think they are. 
What I was thinking is, so this question is, how do you lead your family business or ministry when you're walking through pain or frustration? And if I could sp- speak specifically to uh, people that are leading in ministry, even volunteers that are leading in ministry at heart, uh, at high levels, uh, if I could just reframe it for you for a second and and help you understand that since when did we think that when we are taking ground for the kingdom of God, when did we begin to think it would be easy wow. or or uh, something simple that could be accomplished? Yeah. It, it, that's never the case. And so I think one thing I try and do, even, even in this season in my life, when I'm facing a lot of challenges right now, I have to step back and remind myself that if I wasn't making a difference, if my life didn't matter for the kingdom of heaven, then the enemy would just leave me alone. So good. I would just be able to move forward, but I'm trying to help myself. I'm trying to put myself up and help myself remember that because yeah. we're part of something special, yeah. Yeah. because people are coming to Christ at our campuses yeah. and we're, we're moving forward. That's why it's so hard. Yeah. That's why it's so, so difficult. Good, so when I, when I say that to myself, when I preach that to myself, it just helps me because then it's like it, it helps me understand that the enemy's real. Right. Yeah. And we're actually doing something that matters. And that's why that's it's good. so difficult. That's... And the beautiful thing about that too is that it's not just pastors or ministry leaders that can make a difference. You may be a business owner, you may work in corporate, you may be a school teacher, whomever you may be, you are doing the same exact thing. So if your life is hard, if your principal won't allow you to do things that you would love to do, pray for students or whatever it may be, yet yeah, of course not, because the enemy wants to keep your light hidden. And so you've got to you've got to understand wherever you may be, whatever your role in the in in the workforce is, you can be a light. That's great. I think like Ephesians six says, the battle we fight isn't flesh and blood; right. it's spirit. And there isn't anything more spiritual than family, than leading a business. It's who God created us to be. And so what you're saying is so helpful. You're right. It's like, it's encouraging. It's emboldening that if I feel attacked, if I feel pressed down, if I feel that something's coming after me, it's because I'm, I'm fighting the right, right. battle. Yeah. Um, one of my mentors said, have a thick skin, but have a soft heart. Mm. That that stuff can happen to you, but it doesn't have to get in you. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And I think that's just such a good mantra when we we walk. We can walk with our head held high. That just because somebody says something sharp or something comes against my life, I, I can have thick skin. It can hit me, but it doesn't have to get in me. It doesn't have to become who I am. It doesn't yeah. have to become my identity. And so, just being able to stand straight, head tall, shoulders yeah. back, like you're, we're warriors. Yep. God created yep. us to fight. Yep. That's good. Can I say something completely not spiritual? I would love that. So we're talking about, you know, when life is hard and it's frustration. I would tell you too, one thing I tell my my team all the time, anybody who knows me well knows me, has heard me say this, and that is I just have fun. Every day. Every day. (laughs) See, I've told you this before. You finished it. Thank you for doing that. See, now I'm not a liar. But it's, it's true. Like fun doesn't mean I have to go. Uh, you know, on a plane and go play golf at Pebble Beach. Although that sounds really fun. If anyone's listening, (laughs) (laughs) but it can be something simple as for me coming home, even after a long day, et cetera, or a frustrating day and just 
cracking an ice cold Dr. Pepper and watching America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. Right, guys? I think the podcast is going to get shut off quickly (laughs) if you keep going down that road. So I just think that's something that, you know, I mean, there are spiritual things, but they're also just like practical, normal things that it's all right. It's okay to go home and eat some Cheez-Its drink a Dr. Pepper and watch a game yeah. or whatever it might be. You, we almost all, we have to have something that relieves the pressure, yeah. whatever that some, for some people, I mean, for a min- minority of people, it's the Dallas Cowboys for a majority <laughs> of people. It might be something else, right? It might be lifting weights, playing basketball, you, but if you don't have something in your life, that's relieving pressure, that's fun to you, you're going to explode. You've offended me twice in this podcast. Can you twice. have a- Thick skin. You've mentioned soft heart, <laughs> but it's it's kind of penetrating my heart right now. <laughs> DJ Cabrera and the Dallas Cowboys, dude. You're wow. You're twisting the knife, but you're welcome. But I do have some very important questions that I need. I just I need to know. Ian, I don't know you as well, so I need to know some things about you. So ready. Rapid fire questions. Okay. Ethan, I'm sorry. Ian, steak or sushi? Steak. Ethan, sushi. Ethan, you've now it's three times, <laughs> three times. That's your last. Wow, that's your last. LeBron or Jordan? Ethan. Jordan. Uh, LeBron. Don't do that. I thought he was gonna say Messi. <laughs> I thought he was gonna say Messi. You should have. Oh. Uh, do you read instructions or you wing it? I read instructions every time. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I'm constantly flying by the seat of my yeah, pants. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> And and I I think I know the answer to this one, but Ian, football or football? Well, it's pronounced football, and it's football. <laughs> I, I'm from Texas, man. I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best. <laughs> I'm doing my best. Uh, I think I know the answer to this one, but uh, Ethan, golf or hiking? What's hiking? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. God's not an option. I don't know. Tent camping or RV camping, Ian? No camping. I am with you 100%. Please. There's hotels everywhere Let's nowadays. Let's start a group. There's no need for camping. A no camping group. Yeah. I would love that. <laughs> I'm in. We'll go play golf instead. <laughs> hey, well, uh, Pastor Ian, Pastor Ethan, thank you very much for the wisdom that you've shared today. You've bestowed upon us. I've learned a lot from you guys. Thank you so much for joining us uh, for CrewCast today. We're going to post some resources in the show notes. The Bible app, of course, will be one of those. So uh, be sure and uh, follow us on Instagram at CrewCF, and we shall see you soon.